0: The Sports, Sports Talk, Talk with Devin Wade Devin Briefcast. Beef, well, chicken,
1: Any anything.
0: Sunday, anything. What we think so far? Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome they
1: oversold. to the Sports
0: Talk with Devin Wade Briefcast. Welcome to Briefcast Twenty Two, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Back at it again, as promised, trying to come to you a little bit more frequently as the NBA playoffs are going on, so a lot to talk about day in, day out. And, of course, want to do post-mortem on the Houston Rockets and a couple of big game sevens and get into a few other things as well. Want to remind you guys, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, And group. In addition to that, I want to remind you guys, if you are a fledgling artist, or not so fledgling, if you're an established artist, if you are a DJ, if you're a musician, and you'd like to have your music exposed to the folks who tune in to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, please hook me up, hit me up not hook me up hook me up and hit me up hit me up on uh on my social media and uh let me know and well, we'll get that music on we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and in addition to that we'll play the entire track at the end of the show and again want to thank you guys it's been a uh a, a big big weekend in the sport of basketball and but there's also something brand new with me brand new brand, new, brand new. So here's what's brand new with me. I am sore all over. It's a true indication of how inactive I have been. So yesterday is a beautiful day. One of the rare, well, it's the sort of the nice before the storm of heat. The heat wave that's coming to Houston uh, it's sort of a, a beautiful day. It was Mother's Day yesterday. And uh, I said, well, you know what? I watched some basketball and I said, well, let me go out. And I hadn't picked up my golf clubs in a while, in a long while. So I went out to the driving range for the first time, and I have to tell you, my back feels like somebody has just is s- squeezing it for juice. I mean, my back is really, really tight, a little sore all over. And I'm like, wow, this is a far cry for your boy, because yeah, I just I hadn't played golf in a while, but more than that, I just hadn't worked out in a while, and yeah, I I have work to do, but I just want to give fair warning. Maybe it's Tiger Woods. Maybe it's it's what he did at the Masters. Or maybe it's just, well, you know, I've had the itch for a minute to get back on the golf course. So I finally did it. And like I said, uh, just so you know, I'll give you an update on my game to hold myself accountable for you guys. So driver was horrible. Did not hit well. And then I realized today that I really got away from a lot of my pre-shot routine, but yeah, my, my driver was horrible, hit my wedge. Okay. And I hit my, I couldn't do much with the fairway woods, but Hey, my five iron was, was gold. And I hit a couple shots enough to keep me going. But yeah. So if you see me, out and about on the golf course, say, hey, hey, you'll know, I hey, I told you I was coming and I'm coming. Used to play quite a bit of golf. I miss golf, but it's just so hot in Houston. i tell you what, and you know, you, I can play many months, but man, it is so hot and hard to play in the summertime. I, my love, I found what my limit was with my love of golf. And, but you know, now I'm going to try to create some more time and maybe I'll hit some, uh, some twilight times and maybe try to escape some of that heat. But nonetheless, I uh, hope you guys had a, uh, you ladies, and for the fellas out there, I hope your moms had a wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, really a tough weekend for the city of Houston as it pertains to the Houston Rockets, and of course, man, eliminated. And we had quite the discussion about the Houston Rockets and their future. On KTSU Sports Talk on Saturday, I even got ridiculed a little bit. The Silver Fox kind of, he, he sort of, Jay Williams me, he walked out of the studio at one point. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. But, I, you know, the thing is, this was, it's not that they lost, it's how they lost. And they had the opportunity to lose, And it's hard to keep these things in perspective for folks and for fans who've invested in this team for years and really all throughout the season thinking that, okay, Chris Paul is finally healthy. Uh, and a lot of people said, hey, if Chris Paul was healthy, uh, they would have won last year in, in game seven. Well, they, they all hands were on deck this time, and they just couldn't pull it out. And I have several observations, but before I get into the future of the Rockets, you just have to give it up for Golden State, and almost from the time that Kevin Durant went out, Steph Curry in that in Game Five really kind of stepped up. I think he finished with 16 points down the stretch in game five and where he kind of you know from the last two minutes of the third quarter to the end of the game he really picked it up and he really became the guy because you know i've been on the verge of being really critical of him he doesn't seem to be made accountable for i mean he's treated like a big super super superstar but yet he's not held to the high standard of some of the or, or, or even a james harden it with, if he doesn't if he falls short if he doesn't play well it's like i don't know they have this this invincibility about him, this sort of this teflon thing where nothing no criticism really sticks to them but it, and and then you know so i'm already with my narrative if that of that man Steph Curry is just not one of those guys. He, I mean, he was at one point. He's just not one of those guys. No points in the first half of game six. Came back, man, and just uh, just an unbelievable performance in the second half. Those guys stepped up and played like champions. And you 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 can say, well, never underestimate the heart of a champion. I think what they were able to do by exploiting, I mean, first of all, he hit some tremendous shots, just incredible shots. I mean, which he always does, but he hit some incredible clutch shots. And the Rockets just went able when they were not able to get stops. They weren't able to turn up the defensive intensity. And I also said, Well, you know, it felt like the energy in the building wasn't there. One sort of at a certain point, I think sort of midway, maybe five minutes left. In the game when Golden State kind of tied it up and it was like, oh, man, this is not going well. Because I we talked about this on the last briefcast. The worst case scenario for Golden State was for that game to go late and, and be competitive late and get these guys all these minutes. And then you turn around and lose and have to go back in less than 48 hours to play game seven in Oracle. So that didn't happen because, again, they just, I mean, Clay Thompson stepped up in the first half, kept him in the game. I thought, again, the Rockets can look back on opportunities they had in this series to really exploit some situations, and they just weren't able to. But conversely, you know, those guys at Golden State, they just went in there and took it. They took it i mean they they wanted it and they got it and you can't say enough about steph curry and again i thought okay yeah they won a championship uh, without durant went to another without durant but the bench was a little bit depleted and these guys were a little bit older and uh, in this series even Iguodala, dollar those guys had logged a lot of minutes but uh looney uh kevon looney did work when he needed to just the little things and you could just see down the stretch where Guys were a little bit apprehensive. They wouldn't pull the trigger on on taking shots. But more importantly than the offensive defen- deficiencies was the fact that they just couldn't stop. They couldn't come up with the stops when they needed them to. And I go back to that last play, man. And this is how Golden State, I thought, would revolutionize the game. They're really almost the polar opposite of the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets, everything goes through James Harden. He has to have the basketball. And that's just what it is. And... We heard I I reposted a uh, a, a sort of a a excerpt from a ESPN program where Kobe Bryant said that style doesn't win, that you can't can't win a championship like that. Well, yeah, they didn't and they couldn't. But the epitome of team basketball is Golden State. If you go back and you can go find the tape of this somewhere with 44 seconds left to play, uh, Harden, I think, hit a big three to bring the Rockets within three. And are within two or three. And so they come down and they double-team Steph, getting the ball out of his hands. Steph is able to get the ball to Draymond. Draymond is driving towards the basket. So that's good shot number one because he can drive to the basket and at least get fouled because Capella was coming over. And at, at the very least, he would have went to the free throw line for two shots. He passed that up, passed the ball to Iguodala on the wing, who was wide open. For relatively wide open for a three pointer that was about to be contested, well, Iguodala passing up that good shot and clicks it uh, hits uh, passes it to Clay Thompson and Clay hits a wide super wide open three pointer and that pretty much clinched the game. Um, But it's heartbreaking, you know. If you say, look, if you say go go back to September October. Can the Rockets beat Golden State? A lot of people said, mm, "I don't think so." I don't think so. You lost um, Mabute and Trevor Ariza. They got out the gates real slow. So if you frame it from that standpoint, uh oh, the Rockets going into it didn't seem like a team that could beat them. Then you get into the series; they play well down the stretch. James Harden has one of the most uh, remarkable offensive seasons in NBA history, just doing work. I think we don't really – we will, we may never fully appreciate how special this season was and, and what he was able to do with uh, you know all the games over 40 and 50 points. I mean, just a, a, an amazing offensive performance all season long for James Harden. And he may never get the credit for that because we tend to judge, hey, it's all about the wins. It's all about the victories in the postseason, and the team just didn't get it. So I think if you think about it from that standpoint – you're not as disappointed, but then if you tell me, okay, you're two-two, and Kevin Durant leaves leaves for game for the end of game five, which you were sort of streaking to get back into this game, and you got yourself back into the game, and then you don't have Kevin Durant for any of game six. I think people will say yes, the Rockets. I thought I thought once Durant was out, I thought it was really over. I, and even after they blew Game Five, I said, "Okay, they blew Game Five, but that's okay because you'll win it. Game Six, it, you mean, it's automatic. You had Queen B in the, in the building. Beyonce was in the building. Jay Z was in the building. Uh, even uh, uh, even the Queen of Dragons, uh, Daenerys Targaryen, was in the building. I mean, just the electricity of it all. You think, okay, they'll get that done, and then on short, on a really on short rest, you can exploit the lack of. Uh, production from the bench for golden state and the rockets can go back and really have a more than a punch's chance to win in game seven. And so I thought, you know, Hey, I jumped the gun, which again, you do sometimes. and, And I thought that they would at least win game six and take it to seven. And I, because again, this series, Clay hadn't, didn't play particularly well through several games. And I had a lot of stats on that and Steph sort of disappeared. Different points, of this series, including the first half of game six. But if you tell me that Steph Curry had no points in game six at halftime, no points, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is in the bag, but he is a true champ and you cannot sleep on those guys. So now you go, you look forward to the Houston Rockets. What do you do if you are the Houston Rockets? So on KTSU sports talk, folks were calling in, of course, fire Dan Tony, fire Dan Tony, get rid of him. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. You have the nucleus of this team, Capella, Harden, and Chris Paul locked in for two or three more years, three more years, I think, all of them. I don't know what you can do moving forward. The the question was, oh, uh, well, trade Harden. Well, you know, can you get comparable value? I, I don't, I think your franchise is what it is right now. I think it is what it is. And I think that you have to hope that if Golden State breaks up, maybe Clay leaves. Maybe Clay and Durant leave. We think for sure Durant is going to leave. And maybe you can add another piece. I don't think you can add a significant piece. Maybe, hey, you can finally catch up and get over the hump. Because I, even going into next season without a draft and all of those things, you're no worse than the fourth best team in the NBA. And with a talent like Harden, that's, nobody can really you know, essentially stop offensively most nights, you're in the game. You're in with a, with a hall of, you have two hall of famers on the team, and you, then you have a, a, a guy like PJ Tucker. They can give you, uh, you know, valuable contributions and Eric Gordon. You had those guys, you're right there. So I tend to not, I don't want to fire a Dan Tony. I don't, because again, I, I you know, I, I heard Tillman for the owner of the Houston Rockets talk about, well, Dream, Elaguar didn't win his title to his tenth year, or whatever. Okay, well, I'll, let me tell you what happened with the King. went to Mecca and he it, he had a religious awakening and it quieted his soul and it made him. It just made him a better, nicer person uh, because he was nearly out of here. He almost left, and, and I mean, we can go back on what happened with that. But in a in a dispute with management, we wanted to be out of Houston. Luckily, that didn't happen. He went away. He he sort of sort of matured and grew up and became tranquil. And more importantly, as a basketball player, he started to trust his teammates. And they did add pieces. They added guys that could shoot perimeter shots. So when he got doubled and triple teamed in the low post, he had guys like Kenny Smith, Vernon Maxwell, Robert Ory, Sam Cassell, that he could kick it out to and trust in Mario Eli, Those Those guys that can hit those shots. Because initially, you I mean, you all remember if you're in Houston, he was a black hole down there. When you throw the ball down there, you're never going to see it again. And rightfully so. He was a tremendously talented guy. I mean, one of the best all time. Love dream. dream. Dream, one of my favorite players in the sport. Love Dream. But once he started to pass out of the double teams and and really exploit when teams sagged down on him and those guys took those shots, Hey man, it was a whole new game, and the Rockets were able to win championships. Unless James Harden has this sort of uh, philosophical, stylistic metamorphosis where he can do things, or he's willing to do things without the basketball. If is he? Are you willing to to run the baseline? Are you willing to to? Move around without the basketball. Can you do it even at this point? Kevin Allen says, Yeah, he can do it. Of course he can. He did it in uh in OKC. Well, yeah, he was a first and second, third year player, whatever. So yeah, it was a long time ago. And he's a big dog now and he's a big ego. And and that's a good thing. He he's he's a boss. He's a boss in this league and he knows it. But you have to have a philosophical something's gonna have to change for with this team to get over the hump because what you know, you can in the moments and in, in times that this team does move the basketball around, they can, uh, be exciting and fun to watch. We, we talk about this all the time. Stylistically, this is a difficult team to like sometimes. And I think that the city of Houston hadn't always embraced them. I don't know what they're going to do to sort of, uh, generate momentum from the fan base going into the next year. I mean, you could find D'Antoni. And this is my criticism of him that these guys have to be able to come up with stops. Well, a lot of what um, really leads to Golden State success is that they can clamp down defensively and create a lot of stuff in transition and make easy baskets. Rockets, they work too hard on the offensive end, or at least Harden does especially, but, I mean, it's it, you're too late in the, in the shot clock a lot of times. And it just – you have to work – I mean, how many times do we see in this series where the Rockets would, you know, use 17, 18, 19, 20 seconds of a shot clock and then five seconds later in transition, Golden State would go back in school. And and so I think that, again, defensively they have some problems. I mean, you can look at the track where you're going to say, D'Antoni, is not, this is his style, this is what he does. He can't win in this league long term. A lot of people say that, and you may be right. But unless Harden has a change of heart, because I don't know what coach is going. He, is he going to listen to? Another discussion we had. Oh, why? Why are we still Kevin is big on this? Stop hiring coaches to to work with players. Well, the NBA is a different animal. I don't particularly like it, but it's a different animal in that the 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 players run that thing. And when McHale, Kevin McHale was the the right head coach of the Houston Rockets, and he did things that James Harden didn't like. Harden wasn't leaving <laughs> and if you talk if you listen to the comments of Tilma Fatita, Harden still ain't leaving and so you know and then I guess Harden puts out this cryptic message that oh yeah I know exactly what we need to do but I'm not gonna tell you oh so what does that mean so not do you want Tony gone so I don't know. Maybe D'Antoni will be gone. You could bring in a Mark Jackson. Or, I mean, they threw out a lot of names. A lot of names I didn't like. Uh, John Lucas and Avery Johnson and Kenny Smith. And, you know, Todd Lou. I You know, they threw a lot of names. Out. I didn't like. It. The name I like is a guy like Mark Jackson. But Will, James Harden, listen. And essentially, that's what it boils down to. These guys don't have to. I mean, look at them. They're creating their own super teams. And if, uh, you know, if. The coach is there. No Bill Belichick. The only thing you, the only coach close to Bill Belichick in the NBA is Greg Popovich, and it's you know again, it takes a special kind of guy to play for him, and and guys that really will say, hey, I want st- to take a step back and then really uh, play pop style of basketball, and we saw that a guy, and and this is a great transition to uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, for whatever reason, had problems in San Antonio. We could rehash that, but I won't. But, boy, he is such a remarkable player. What a what a basket, what a game from Kawhi Leonard yesterday in game seven, eliminating uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. And I know Joel Embiid was very emotional about it, and I know people will probably meme him to death and they'll wear him out on that. But I find it really refreshing that he cared enough. And that he was hurt enough in losing. Because a lot of times, these guys, at least publicly, we never see these guys, they make so much money. You go, how many times have you, you know, I remember with the Oilers and, and other teams with the Rockets, people go to work the next day and they're mad. Everybody's upset and mad, and these guys are somewhere on the French Riviera. Well, it's great to know that this guy cares enough about winning that a loss impacts him the way it did. So uh, I'm not going to give Joel Embiid a hard time for being emotional about it. Um, I think Ben Simmons sort of let that team down. And we'll have to see moving forward what happens with Jimmy Butler. But I think, hey, they'll be in the thick of things for years to come as long as Embiid can stay healthy. And if Ben Simmons is able to start to make some shots from the perimeter, uh, hey, The whole league might be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, But, you know, so they advanced to – well, Toronto advances to take on Milwaukee. I picked Toronto at the beginning of the playoffs to go to the NBA Finals. I mean, all the the excited money is on Milwaukee these days. Everybody's believing in Milwaukee. But, hey, we'll have to see how it plays out. Kawhi is just, man, an incredible player. And I want to – I want to dislike him for the way he handled things with San Antonio. But as a player, man, this dude is, he's just like a robot, man. I don't know. They need to come up with a a sufficient nickname for him. And uh, we'll have to see. Nobody knows what he's thinking. Nobody knows what he's feeling. He just goes out and does work. I mean, he put that work on him big time. And, of course, uh, Portland gets past Denver. Uh, I am surprised that Dame Lillard had lapses in the in in games, even though C.J. McCollum got him out of that, uh, and Dame is the true lead on that team. Damian Lillard sort of had stretches where he just did not shoot well, he did not play well, and they got bailed out in the situation. But I think it makes for a very interesting guard matchup. You got Steph and, and Clay on one side, and on the other side, you have McCollum and and Damian Lillard, so that should be a fun series it's been a fun playoffs to this point it's just not so much fun here in the city of Houston so with that gonna take a brief time I'll come back on the other side I have a favorite person and a big dummy coming up on the other side this is briefcast 22 of the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes TuneIn, soundcloud or KTSU radio wherever you get your podcast. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832 757 7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Radio, iTunes, Twitter, SoundCloud, or whatever you hit your podcast. Well, you know what? I give, uh, I, I've been giving out the Big Dummy Award, the Lamont Award for quite a while, but I also have uh, come up with a way to salute guys when they do the right thing. And so with that, here's a segment that I call My Favorite Person. you my favorite person. Favorite person is just a segment where I recognize somebody who's done something special. These guys, look, uh, these pro athletes do so much good in the community that we always seem to overlook it. But I tell you what, uh, a guy who I am not—I have not always been the biggest fan of Shaquille O'Neal, who I think I think he gets way too much in his feelings sometimes. Uh, he, you know, he, I like him, but he, he's he's extra sometimes, and he gets—I mean—he throws these little tantrums on the set. That you know, I mean, you're too big to be so thin skinned about so much, but uh, you know, like the uh, what, Shaq, what is it, uh, Shack He cannot stand Shack and I understand, I get it, you know, you don't, you know, you don't like a such a heinous term <laughs> sort of eroding your legacy or whatever, but he always gets mad, he gets mad about little petty things, and he just he's too temperamental. You, you're like, come on, man, you know, you like the the the. Jack and the beanstalk, I don't know whatever. He, I mean, he just sort of, come on, man, you you know. And I know it's hard. For, I mean, I'm not nice all the time, but he just seems to be way, way too emotional for for me sometimes. But he is also a really, really good guy in a lot of ways. And he played his high school ball in Texas, so nothing but love for him for that. Um, and, and you know, I generally, you, I appreciate him. And I, I mean, we could talk about his place in basketball history, blah, blah, blah. I have some probably opinions that a lot of people don't. He would, he certainly wouldn't appreciate. But nonetheless, he's a good, good guy. Find found out a guy a kid in Atlanta, this came out this week, is a 13-year-old who wears a size 18 shoe. I said a 13-year-old who wears a size 18 shoe. Now wrap your head around that. I mean, a size 18 shoe and you're 13 years old. And you can imagine, and I often wonder, like, you know, we appreciate these guys on the court and and basketball games, but it's hard to be, you know, have you ever seen, like, a guy that's 6'8", 6'9"? You're like, why are you not playing basketball somewhere? You know, like, what a waste of height. And that's unfair to those guys. I mean, that's not cool, and that's not fair. But a 13-year-old having to find a pair of size 18 shoes, it's difficult to find, and I'm sure quite expensive. So, what did uh, Shaquille O'Neal do? He heard about it, and he took the uh, the team to a shoe store in Atlanta and bought him ten pairs of shoes. So, you know that's a you know that's a small gesture. Didn't cost him much, and I mean I'm sure he's made uh, many more significant. I mean, first of all, he's a very savvy businessman, and he's worth a gazillion dollars. And he, I mean, the guy is is he's he capitalized to the utmost. Uh, on his image and and his personality and all of those things. He's worth a lot of money, and I'm sure he's donated millions of dollars more to different causes. But this was something small that he did, and I'm sure the kid was thrilled to meet him and just relieved. Can you imagine the relief for that parent and that family and that kid to say, okay, man, we got 10 pairs of shoes for this kid. And uh, I think that that's a wonderful gesture for Shaq and for all the grief I give him today, Shaq. You're my favorite person. You're my favorite person. where yeah, that want to go to? Uh, if you want to go, that's the good. Now here's the, the bad and the ugly. And right now, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserve and a school of piranha surrounding you. You big dummy. And what was Lamont? A oh, big dummy. Well, today I am going to give my Lamont Award to Phoenix Suns forward Josh Jackson, who was arrested in Miami this weekend and faces felony charges of escape and misdemeanor charge and a misdemeanor charge of resisting arrest. And uh, this results from him being arrested Friday night at the Rolling Loud Music Festival, in Miami Gardens, Florida. He, after he attempted to enter the VIP area too many times without a proper pass, I guess that it became a problem. He was handcuffed by police and you think, oh, okay, he's going to, he's going to have to go, you know, sit it out for the night, but he was handcuffed by police and then ran away from officers before being detained. And this, uh, it was reported by the Arizona Republic and, um, let's see. Uh, The Suns were aware of the incident, gathering more information. Jackson, 22 years old, averaged 11.5 points, 4.4 rebounds, 2.3 assists in 79 games. He started 29 games last season and was the fourth overall pick in 2017 out of Kansas. Well, okay, so, (laughs) okay, here's the deal. This is why you get the Lamont Award. Josh Jackson is 6'8". And if you tried to get into the VIP several times, everybody in the place knew it was Josh Jackson, NBA basketball player. Where in the hell are you gonna run? You're six eight. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, it's like that. They know who you are. And I'm sure he probably, and I'm assuming, and that maybe that's not cool, but I would imagine he had to be under the influence of something to make such a poor decision. And but, I, and I say this all the time. Sometimes eight hey, we. Oh, you know, oh, did you, you try to sneak by? No, man, look, I'm too big. I can't sneak up on anybody. I, so I just have to walk with my with my chin held hot because like, I can't sneak up on anybody. And Josh Jackson, you can't run from anybody. You're 6'8". Not saying that you're not fast enough, but you can't. I'll run long arm of the law, especially when you play for the Phoenix Suns and you went in and out of the VIP area too many times. What a stupid reason to get arrested, and a really, really dumb attempt to uh, avoid uh, sort of consequences of your behavior, and for that reason, hey, man, I'm sorry, big fella, but Josh Jackson, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, we're going to keep an eye on the NBA playoffs. Please, guys, uh, any feedback is really, really appreciated. want to continue to hear from you guys. Not done doing full episodes, still working on some technical stuff to get you some more phone interviews so we can reach out to people all over the country. And, again, I want to hear from you guys all over the country. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, and what you would like to hear more of. Certainly appreciate the feedback, and we need to hear from you guys. Again, on Twitter, I'm at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O. And, of course, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and fan page and the group. Uh, And so those are ways. And then, again, I'll have the website up soon. And and I have some more fun stuff coming up. So don't, uh, hey, don't sleep on me. We're coming. We got some great things coming your way. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, next time out, I think I'm gonna try to talk more about Tiger. Oh, by the way, we did make it through uh, the rain and the flooding and all of that stuff. You know by now, and no thunder in the background, just maybe a revving engine. But again, we're upgrading the uh, the studio as well. I say studio. I use the loose term of studio, but my my home setup, so I don't have to go to the KTSU to uh, to uh, to produce to produce uh, these podcasts. So uh, again, Hey guys, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for the support. Thank you for telling friends. Cause we continue to grow and get bigger and better. And as always have a great day.